So let me go quickly today. I'm going to talk about do not allow pressure to travel or travel to move you. Do not allow pressure or trouble to move you. You see, we've come to a place where we have a Christian that look like chameleons. You see, a chameleon takes color as he sees. If he sees yellow, he becomes yellow. If he sees green, he becomes green. And many people are moving around and they are shifting position because of a pressure that they are going through. And this morning, the Lord wants to encourage us not to move or to shift position because of a pressure that we are going through. Hallelujah. Say to your neighbor, stand still. Say it again. If you stand still, you will see the rewards of the righteous and the vindication of the law. Now, I'm going to take some examples in the Bible. And the first example I want to take is the example of Daniel. Daniel, in the book of Daniel, chapter number 6, it's a long reading, so I'm not sure we're going to read, but if you read from verse 1, actually, until verse 23, you will see what I'm talking about. Daniel, chapter number 6. Let's read, let read first from verse 1 to 4. Daniel 6, from verse 1 to 4. Quickly. It pleased Diaries to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satrap might give account to them so that the king will suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satrap because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave though to setting the king gave forth to set him over the whole realm. So the governor and satrap sought to find some charges against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could not find. Let's carry on reading. I will stop with it. They could not find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Hallelujah. Say faithful. And nor was there any error or fault found in him. Let's go on. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said that, then said thus to king, King Darius, live forever. All governors of the kingdom and administrators and satraps the council of advi- and advisors have consulted together and established a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or men for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the writing decree, the written decree. Now, when Daniel knew, say when Daniel knew, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with the window open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day 
and prayed and gave thanks before God as he was his custom since early days. Let's stop there. The Bible said there was a decree that was taken. And the decree said this, uh, that in the period of 30 days, any person that prays to any other God except the king should be put to death or should be thrown into a lion's den, in the den of lions. The Bible says that when Daniel heard it, when Daniel heard that the decree was signed, he went to his room and he bowed before God and three times he prayed as his custom was. So Daniel didn't go to pray because of fear. You see what we do? is that we allow things to change us. Do you know people will not pray until they hear something bad is going to happen? And then you see SMSs everywhere. You see every prayer warriors on pray, prayer groups, prayer channels, prayer this. That are prayers of fear. Then they quote 2 Chronicles 7 like every day. If my people upon which my... Look, the Bible said Daniel did it as his custom was. He did not change routine because of a circumstance. And you say, no, but they say there will be war. It was a situation of death. Daniel knew. They said they could not find anything, any fault in Daniel. So you know what we do? We are not walking according to God's way. And when things comes, we run to God. Daniel was faith. Daniel walked according to God's words. And when trouble came, it did not change him. He was praying three times a day. He didn't change his pattern. You know, this thing can go both ways. Some people are afraid so much that their prayer life dies. When something happens, they can't pray anymore. I feel so heavy. Even when I pray, I don't, I don't mean it. I'm cut from God. Huh? Is that so? God being your source, and you are disconnected from your source, then you are dead. So either pressure can make you change negatively or can make you react. So Daniel did not do any of these things. You know, if you read until verse 23, the Bible actually said that when they knew that they have taken the law and they knew that Daniel is going to break it, they start to spy on him. When they went, they caught him praying. <laughs> when they went there, he was praying. Then they ran to the king. Say, king, didn't you say that no one should pray Talking about obeying laws. You see, we obey the laws of the countries up to the point where it comes against the will of God. Then we don't obey anymore. You didn't hear what I'm saying. The law of the country should be obeyed as long as it is godly and it goes according to the pattern of God. So it doesn't matter any president that tells you that we can't pray anymore, we will pray. 
Hallelujah. No, my husband said I can't pray anymore, so I don't pray. Husband? Flesh and blood? The guy that is going to die tomorrow? When it comes, I mean, there are places where you can compromise. If he does not tell you not to pray, you pray. If you say, okay, you pray at this time, it bothers me, change the time, it's fine. You can move things around. If you say, when I'm sleeping, I don't want you to pray, leave it. Pray when he's not sleeping. But still pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Just swap it around. If you say, no, you can't do Bible study at this time because it's our t- alone time, it's fine. Swap it around. Do your Bible study when it's not bothering anyone. Do it, but still do your Bible study. Don't, don't throw your Bible away because the men say so. Don't allow situation to pressurize you into change. You see, events are designed to change you. Things that are happening in our lives have a purpose to change us, either to change us positively or negatively. And many people are buying into the negative part. In these last days, the strategy of Satan is to disconnect you from your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it will bring things on your way that will affect your emotions. Because when your emotions are affected, many times you can't pray anymore. You see, people have become so emotional about the things of God that it's all about how they feel. It's not what God says. So remember, then the Bible says, they, caught, they went to the king, and the king, they said to the king, Daniel has broken the law. It should be put in the den of the lions. And the king tried to save Daniel, but he couldn't. They say, according to the law of the, per- of, of the Meds and the Persians, it cannot be revoked. So the king ordered that Daniel be brought. And they threw, they threw Daniel into the lion dens. The Bible says that hmm, they thought it was over. Because he was in the lion den. But praise God. Because Daniel was not moved, God moved. Uh, let me say you something. When you are not moved by situation, God moves on your behalf. One must move. Make sure it's not you. Hallelujah. When you are not moved and you are standing on the rock, God moves on your behalf. Do not allow any situation to bring you down to a place where you can't pray anymore. Do not allow any situation to tell you the way you should worship God. Do not allow Satan and his demons. Do not allow money to dictate the way you will worship God. Because the greatest problem that we have in this world is the problem of money. It boils down to money. When people have money, they are happy. When there is no money, it's a trouble. Do you know that marriages are destroyed on the altar of money? 
People feel important when they have money. When they drive a bigger car, they think they are better than people. You can see them in those big cars with a long neck looking at everybody because he has arrived. But it's just a car. Say, it's just a car. Why do you think a car determines your identity, who you are? Comes out of a car, he forgets his flesh and blood. People are moved. You see, <laughs> there is somebody I listen to and understand my heart. What I'm going to say. He says, since the virus came, everything he buys on a shop, he sanitizes it at home. Say, I sanitize my fruit, I sanitize everything. No, no, there's nothing wrong with sanitizing. But the man is so caught up in fear. I saw another person. We went to a, an office. And the person was paying something. When she took her own credit card out, she sanitized it in her hands. It came from her wallet or her purse. She sanitized it. She gave it to them. They gave it back. She sanitized it. She put it in the wallet. As soon as she touched her purse, she sanitized. I say, you, might, you have a work in the company that makes sanitizers. It's good to sanitize it clean. But people are so afraid. Ah! They have... <laughs> Look at Daniel. Daniel. Daniel is speaking to you this morning. He said, do not be moved. Hallelujah. Now another example. Let's go quickly. David, in the book of 1 Samuel chapter number 17, I want us to read verse 26. 1 Samuel 17 verse 26. He said, then David spoke to the man who stood by him, saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and take away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the army of the living God? Wow. David came to a place where he was sent by his father Jesse to go and feed his brothers because they were in war with Philistine. The Bible says when David arrived at the camp, he noticed something. There was a man that came in the scene and started to challenge the army of God. You know what David did? He didn't even think first of what he must do. He was looking for the reward. <laughs> he was so certain that he has a victory that before he fights, he's asking, what shall they give me? That's a mentality. Instead of focusing on the situation, he's focusing on his reward. He said, what shall be, what, what, can we talk here? I need to hear what is the reward before I kill this man. They say, the king said he will give you his own daughter, and then you will be tax-free. He said, that is a good deal. 
<laughs> this one is a good deed. So now I can kill this guy. Let's read again uh, verse, uh, I want to, verse, verse 31 to 37. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man fail, be heart fail. Let no man be afraid because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of a flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the army of a living God. Ha! Huh. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of a lion and the paw of a bear will also deliver me from the hands of a Philistine. And says so to David, Go and the Lord be with you. Now, ma, this is an interesting story. David went before Saul. And he said to Saul, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't let this situation change you. Don't let this one change you. And Saul so said, you can't go because you are a young man. He said, let me tell you my CV. No, no. Again, listen, if you go for a job interview, you present your CV. So David said, for me to be qualified, let me tell you what my CV is look like. He said, listen, I have killed... Listen, there was a time where I was with my father's sheep. And then, out of nowhere, a lion and a bear came. I don't know if they came together, or, but they came. And when they came, you know what they did? They did not go to the sheep, they went to the lambs. They caught the lamb. And, and David says that when I saw that, I went after them. Now, can I submit to you that the lamb is the productivity of a sheep? So what the bear was about again after, it was not the sheep, it was the productivity. Can I tell you that what the devil is against is not really who you are, it's about your productivity. Because when he catches you in the corner, you become unfruitful. When you are worried, you become unfruitful. When you panic, you are unfruitful. And you cannot do what God has called you to do. Because you are weighed down by the pressure of life. So your energy is gone. Your strength is gone. You wake up in the morning, you don't feel anything because your strength is gone. David says that when I saw that, I realized uh, 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 something is wrong. He said, I went after it. I cut it by the beard. And I strike it. If he stand against me. He said, I went and I grabbed my lamb out of his mouth. And I saved the lamb. And I said to you, remember, if a lion really grabs a lamb, there is no chance for that lamb to survive. Huh? If a lion really catches a lamb, 
and is taking the lamb away. Even if you can rescue that lamb, it's dead. But David says, the lamb that the lion took was not dead. He can catch it, but he can't kill it. So, so the enemy can attack you. <laughs> the enemy can attack your productivity, but he has no power to destroy your productivity. You have to cooperate with him before your productivity dies. So he said, then I, I got it. This is, he said to Saul, this is my CV. And the Lord that delivered me, oh my Lord, help me here. He didn't say the Lord that delivered the lamb. He said the Lord that delivered me. Because David was not the one in trouble, it was the lamb that was in trouble. And when David went to release the lamb and kill the bear, he said the Lord delivered me. So David associated himself with his lambs. He was one with his lambs. So the Lord that delivered him out of the pole of a lion, he said the same Lord will be with me. It means I'm not changing and God is not changing. Uh, I'm not changing. He said, I'm not changing. It's not because it's a Philistine that I will change. I kill a lion, and when I see this Philistine, I will not change. Even if it's bigger than a lion, the Lord that delivered me out of the paws of a lion and a bear will deliver me out of this one. So do not size your enemies. The problem is that we have many sizes for enemies. We have bigger enemies and small enemies. David said, as long as it's an enemy, it's the same size. The size does not matter, big or small. What matters is that the Lord is with me. Let's say, it's not what you're going through that matters. Eh? What really matters is who is with you. It's the Lord that delivered me out of the paws of a lion and a bear shall deliver me again. I want to tell you this morning that your problem is not your problem. What you are going through is not your problem. It's how you see your God. David says, he delivered me out of the paws of a lion and a bear. He shall deliver me in from the hands of his Philistine. He has done it once, he will done it again. So stop visualizing your problem as too big. You know, some people, when we are talking, they say, you don't know what I'm going through. If you could know what I'm going through, you won't talk like that. It's because you have given too much power to your problem. Doesn't matter what you are going through. Somebody is going through with you. Hallelujah. So do not allow problems to change you. Aye. Do not allow problems to change you. Do not. Do not. Do not. The apostles, in the book of Acts, chapter number 4, verse 16 to 21, we want to read Acts 4, 16 to 21. Acts 4, 16 to 21. The apostles were confronted to a big problem. These apostles were, were asked not to preach the word of God anymore. Otherwise, they will beat them. Peter says, what shall we do? Shall we listen to you or to God? We will listen to God. So we will not let you change us. 
You see, there are many things that are designed to change you, to take you away from God. You must be wise to know that I won't change my confession. I won't say, I know God is healed. I know God heals bad. I know God can give me bad. These are changing of confession. Why do you put the bad there? What, what does it do there? Yeah, I've heard, it, I've heard this before. So I know it. You don't know it. If you knew it, it would, have, it would work. You don't understand what I'm saying. With God, when you know something, it works. When he does not know, stop your prideful attitude. Go in your knees and say, Lord, I don't know it. I don't understand it. Because God, everything that God does works. You have to be honest and say, Lord, I don't understand healing. Don't say sometimes God, sometimes so, but, but no, you don't understand. Because Jesus came to a place of understanding. And whatever he did, well. He comes to a sick, he says, do you want to be healed? So he says that healing is at your mercy. He says healing is at your desire. Do you want to? How many people will say no? And all those people that say yes, God healed. There was something that Jesus understood that we don't understand now. You say, no, it's God, it's God, it's God. He said in, in the book of John chapter number 14, verse 12, he said, you will do what I've done. So if it's God and God said it, why don't we believe it? Because he said, we'll do what he has done. Hallelujah. So we are allowing situation to change us. But why are we changing? The answer is fear. Say fear. fear. People are afraid. Yes, we are afraid. And it's fear that causes us to change. By fear, we change. Hallelujah. There was one king, his name was Saul. Huh? Saul lost the kingdom because of peer pressure. I want us to go to 1 Samuel chapter number 13. I want us to read from verse 6. We start from verse 6. 1 Samuel 13, let's start from verse 6. Let's go quickly. I can see our time is running. Okay. When the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, for the people were distressed, then the people hid in caves, in thickets, in rocks, in holes, and in, in pits. And some of the Hebrews crossed over to the Jordan of the land of God, and Gilead. Let, stop there. Don't take it away. <laughs> wow. Look at this. This is Israel we are talking about. Israel that God took out of Egypt. These people saw God spatting the Red Sea. Now the Philistines came to fight them. They, read, they, you know, they, they went into holes. <laughs> that, that, that is us. I mean, they, they, they ran. Some even crossed the Jordan. <laughs> they crossed the Jordan. They were going back to Egypt somehow. <laughs> you see, pressure has the ability to lead you where you don't want to go. You say things you don't want to say. You find your mouth talking alone. <laughs> when you realize you have said so many nonsenses, these people will write, <laughs> picture it. <laughs> picture it a bit. They scattered. Oh, oh, God. They went even in under bushes. 
Phone bushes. That's on your house. <laughs> they ran. They went into holes like, like, like jackals. So, so they changed their nature because of fear. Do you know what fear can do to you? Because of fear. <laughs> Some people, because of fear, as I'm talking to you, because of fear, if their heart pops up, I'm getting a heart attack. They have become doctors by themselves. Before they go to hospital, they know what is wrong. Fear. Somebody say fear. fear. They can't walk, they look back. Somebody's walk. Somebody's following. Who is following you? You are so afraid that you are afraid of your own shadow. You go to your room, it's dark, you're, you look at your own clothes waving in your wardrobe. Yeah, say something. It's your own clothes. We were in a room one time with somebody, and uh, <laughs> we were lying there, and uh, the window was open. And then the guy put his hand on the window. He was lying on the bed, and his hand was on the window. window. So somebody is lying the other side said, Whose hand is that? The guy with the hand was shouting so much. <laughs> it's your own hand. He said, no, I thought somebody else was grabbing my hand. <laughs> fear. Fear, 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 fear. They go to town. <laughs> when they come back, they shower. It's fear. Say, I refuse. You see, fear can manipulate you so much that you lose your senses. Your ability to discern is gone because of fear. So, they, they ran, they ran. These people ran. I mean, I, I, when I read that, I laugh alone. I say, whoa, is that so? I can see them running. <laughs> Picture it a bit, you will see. How they scattered. Let's continue the reading. Let's continue the reading. And... As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal, and all the people followed him, trembling. Ooh, they were trembling. Then they waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him, from Saul. So Saul said, bring me a burnt offering and peace offering here to me, and offer the burnt offering. Who? Now it happened as soon as he had finished pre presenting the burnt offering that Samuel came. It's like Samuel was hiding somewhere there. As soon as... Sometimes as soon as you make a bad decision, the real thing comes. So he said, Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might greet him. And Samuel said, what have you done? So say, when I saw that the people were scattered from, from me and that you did not come within the days appointed and that the Philistines gathered together at uh, Mishmash, then I said, the Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled. <laughs> I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. 
And Samuel said to Saul, what have you done? You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now on the Lord will have established your kingdom for over Israel forever. Let's stop there. Now, fear, fear. Saul saw that people were scattering. He was afraid. And because he was afraid, he made a bread offering. And he was justifying that. Eh? He was saying to Samuel, you didn't come on time. You told us you were, you were coming, you didn't come. <laughs> so because you didn't come, I have, to, I have to do something. Do you know that sometimes the delay or when the Lord lingers to do something for us, sometimes we take matter in our hands and we make a lot of mistakes. He said, no, you are not coming. So I decided to be a priest. <laughs> so I changed myself into a priest. I am a king, but fear made me a priest. Which fear has the anointing to turn you into a priest? You see, so many people today have moved from their position because of fear. The Lord said it, but I don't think he will do it. The Lord, no, guys, let's be reasonable. Let's be reasonable here. The Lord said it. I know the Lord said it, but, but I, mean, I mean, now it's, it's too late. It's too late. Saul lost his kingdom because of fear. Are you going to allow fear to cause you to lose what God has given you? Saul lost his position because of the pressure, because of fear. Because of fear. And many people in the church today are in that place. They have lost the anointing because of fear. They have lost destiny because of fear. God said, I shall do it. But they don't believe that he will do it because it's too long. Who determines the length, the length of time? Who tells you when? God says that in his sight, a thousand years are like what? A day. So a day is like a thousand years. So God is saying, everything that you, ask, you can acquire in a thousand years, I can give it to you in one day. So you might think that it's taking too long, but God is getting ready, he's fixing himself to answer and to move in your situation. But with your eyes of the flesh, you have put God in time. Zechariah did that. He became deaf. And dumb. The angel Gabriel came and said, you will have a son, his name is John. He said, I'm old. I should have done that when I was young. He said, but I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of the Lord. And I'm speaking to you and you doubt my words. He said, from today on, you will not be able to talk anymore. People, why are we doubting the Lord? What justifies our doubts? Tell me. What justifies our doubts? God is calling us to a place where we need to be violent and to be courageous. 
We need to walk by faith, not by sight anymore. Because sight will destroy us, but faith will lift us up. You know, faith and fear, faith and fear are working the same way. Because in faith and fear, both there is trust. I will explain to you. Faith is to trust in God. Fear is to trust in the abilities of the devil. You fear because you trust the ability of the wicked one. That's why you fear. You think something bad is going to happen. You have faith because you trust that God will move on your behalf. So, so people are moving by fear instead of moving by faith. The two start with the F. Fear versus faith. The reason why you bow to pressure is fear. And the reason why we stand still is faith. Hallelujah. I want you to believe God more than before. We are in perilous times. And in these days, a man that moves out of fear will die before his time. Listen to my word. A man that moves before, in fear will die before his time. But the one that moves by faith will fulfill the number of years. Why? Because it is not movable. If you can't be moved, they can't take you around. Only God can move you. Say, only God can move me. Stand on the rock and be, be like David. Be like Daniel. Let a clean and excellent spirit dwell in you. I want to say the last thing and then I'm finished for today and we'll carry on next Sunday. You know, when you don't stand, you give birth to things that you don't want. Yes. When you don't stand, you give birth to things you don't want to. Look at Abraham. In Genesis chapter number 16, verse 1 to 4. Genesis 16, 1 to 4. God has promised to Abraham in Genesis 15 that he will have a son, that he will have an heir, and it will be Isaac. Genesis 16, Genesis 16, verse 1 to 4. Sarah comes in, and Sarah said to Abraham, you know what? You will have a son, but not with me, because I'm barren. Have it, have a son with Agar. Now, because of the pressure of time, Sometimes when the Bible speaks, you must understand. The Bible says in the book of uh, Romans that Abraham did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. But do you know that before that he considered it? Because if he did not, he wouldn't go with Agar. Because Sarah says, go with Agar to get a son for me. Abraham went with Agar because of pressure. And you know who was born? Ish. <laughs> you know that situation go ish ish was born <laughs> and today we are all saying ish <laughs> pressure gives birth to ish
But when you follow God's ways, you give birth to laughter, Isaac. Pleasure. Hallelujah. <laughs> I want to encourage you this morning and tell you don't move because of what you see with your eyes. Move because of what God says. Don't be, be fearless. Be fearless. There's a, there's a movie called Brave Heart. Be fearless. Let your heart be brave. Be courageous and strong, God said to Joshua. Joshua, do not shake. Be courageous and strong, for I will give you the land. He said, consider this. No man shall stand before you all the days of your life, for as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. But remember, when he came to, 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 to Joshua, he said to Joshua, Joshua, my servant Moses is dead. God talks with confidence. He's not panicking because Moses is dead. He called him my servant. And he said, my servant is dead. But it, my, I'm not limited to a servant. He's dead, but there is a replacement. And I see already the replacement in you. Even if you don't see yourself that way, I see you that way. So be courageous and strong. Don't fear. Meaning Joshua was in fear. When Moses died, Joshua thought, I can't take this shoe. It's too big for me. And God came to Joshua and said, you are making a mistake. Moses was not big. I made him big. Yes, I, 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 that's a boss move. I made him big. I said, I'm the boss. I lift up who I want to lift up, and I bring down who I want to bring down. And Moses is dead. But you, ha, you, I will make you, and I will make your name great. I'm telling you that don't despise yourself. Today, God is saying, I'm going to lift you up. Ooh, he said, I'm going to lift you up, and I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make your name big. He said, every place that the sole of your foot trade upon, I've given it to you. So he said to Joshua that I have given it, but it lies on your discretion. You must take your own feet and go. And when you get there, I have given it to you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the people. Don't be afraid of a, of a size. Don't be afraid I am with you. And Jesus said it when he came. He said to the disciples, do not fear. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Many times, don't be afraid. More than 360 times, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Be at peace. So when pressure comes, the peace of the shalom, the irony of God inside of you will keep you strong. I want to tell you there is nothing that is above your strength. I say there is nothing that is above your strength. Are you going to move? And say, say, no, 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 I'm not moving. God is the one that moves me. Don't move like that. Don't, don't change your confession like that. Maintain the confession of faith. Hallelujah. And, and when you do that, you think you are crazy. Because you can say, look at John Gillick. John Gillick came to South Africa 
and he went to, to Kizidin. And uh, there was a child that the mother was carrying on the back, and the child fell. Uh, and the child broke the neck. And then the child was dead. And he said that Zulu man that didn't go to school took the child and said, I'm going to pray for the child. But Jilek said, I knew the child was dead. So the Zulu man took the child and went to pray for him in a small mad house. And Jilek said, in that place, I have to call to get this. The door was so small. And the Zulu man was praying for the child. He said, pray for the child from the morning. And Jilek left because he thought, this guy does not know anything. This child is dead. And around 3, a, 3 p.m., he came back and he said, is he still in the house? And the Zulu man answered. He said, what are you talking about? He said, are you still praying for that child? He said, do you want to meet the child? So what do you mean? He said, yes, the child is running there. And Jilek says, that day I cursed my own unbelief and I realized my knowledge has prevented me to trust God. He said, I know too much. This man didn't know. And because he didn't know, he put his trust in God. But we know too much. We, we know too much. Before, before 2020, if you cough, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. Sometimes even your flu will make you go to the hospital. You can't even, your chest is tight. No problem. 2020, COVID-19. <laughs> I think I'm having covid May God set you free. Amen. I said, may God set you free. Can we give a big hand to our Lord? Yes. Yes. Say, I will not fear. Yes. Can we give a big hand to our Lord in the house?